Welcome to the Tanika Chambers Show, where I talk about love, life, and faith with some pretty amazing people I know who are making a positive difference in the world. Today on the show, I will be talking to McKinney Smith, the founder of A Walk in My Stilettos. Almost two decades ago, McKinney Smith decided that she was not going to become another statistic. Through dedication, perseverance, and the will of a higher power, she has pushed past many obstacles on the journey we call life. After a series of life-changing events, McKinney was forever transformed. She now focuses on sharing her story to inspire others to carry on. Turning every lesson into a blessing, she acquired the key to understanding that faith, courage, compassion, and connections are the tools to living your best life. If you want to know how to find yourself after loss, then this is the show for you. Before I dive into my interview, let's hear from our number one sponsor. Thank you, Robert Chambers. If you'd like to play piano by ear from the comforts of your home, visit anykeymusic.com. Now let's get back into the interview. One of my favorite hymns, McKinney, is Amazing Grace. And when I hear about the hardships that women have walked through in their life, and then to see where they are now, it's nothing short of God's amazing grace. And you are one of the, these women, McKinney. Mm. You are definitely one of them. Could you take us back uh, to when you found yourself in that difficult place of uh, being in a marriage that kind of was falling apart. Could you kind of share your journey there? Uh, definitely. Um, I guess before I, I do that, I want to speak to what you said a while ago about you know sharing mm-hmm. God's grace. There's a quote by Dr. Brene Brown who studies um, shame and vulnerability. And she says, mm-hmm. only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness, we will discover the infinite power of our life. So speaking to um, that difficult time where I had to decide whether or not to stay or to leave the marriage that I was in, it took me a long time, to be honest with you, to come to that decision. The marriage Mm -hmm. had begun to be very verbally and emotionally abusive. And Mm. I felt like I had no power. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom for five years. I didn't have any mm-hmm. money. I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I had secluded myself from family and friends pretty much. You know, he made the bulk of the income. He took care of everything. And he made it seem as though he had all the power and I couldn't go anywhere. And that no one else would take on the responsibility of me and children and I was on my own or that I wasn't capable and I started to believe all the negative narratives that he was saying. So it took me time. There was many times where I thought to myself, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. But when mm-hmm. someone is constantly feeding into your spirit that you are not strong enough, that you mm-hmm. are not good enough, that you are not all of the negatives. Yes. You start to believe that because the way the mind is programmed it yeah. can't tell the difference between fact or fiction. So anything that you continue to feed it, it takes on as fact, as reality. And yeah. it wasn't until the very first and last time that that relationship got physically abusive. One Sunday mm. morning as I'm getting ready for church, um, wow. he had gotten very upset over what he thought 
was um, a message in my phone from actually my godchildren's parents. And he started to build his own narrative about what he thought he was doing. And meanwhile, me being a stay-at-home mom, I don't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. <laughs> so it was right. absurd to me to mm-hmm. even fathom where he was coming from with those thoughts. And the more that he got angry, I decided this time I'm not going to argue back. I am getting ready to go to church. I'm going to go and pray and be at peace and come out of this environment. And the more that I ignored him, the more he got infuriated. And I guess the frustration, I don't know, the the negative spirit that was on him that day decided to put his hands on me. And that for me was my final decision. Mm. And I know that, I mean, it's been 14, no, 10 years since. And wow. I know that he's a different person now, so I've forgiven him for that. But in Mm. that moment and in that stage, I knew that staying was not going to be healthy for me and my children or even him for that matter. You had the courage then to leave. Um, Many women actually stay longer and put up Mm -hmm. with more uh, than their share. What do you think would be the biggest life lesson you learned from that relationship? I would say self-perception and learning boundaries. Hmm. So your self-perception determines others' perception of you. Ah. And because I had started to believe, like I said, the negative narrative, how I viewed myself, I allowed others to continue to view me that way. And therefore I didn't Hmm. set the boundaries that I needed to set. So I thought that me staying was me, you know, I'm, I'm doing what's best for the family and I'm still continuing to show love and to be loved, but I wasn't setting any boundaries and it became very unhealthy. And I allowed other people to have power over me, knowing deep inside that my source of power is God. And Amen. instead of leaning on that, I allowed that perception um, that others had more power than me to mm-hmm. impact my self-perception of how I see my, saw myself. Um, and that definitely played a huge impact on who I believed I was in that moment. Can I ask you a question, McKinney? When you met mm-hmm. your um, ex-husband, where do you, where, how was McKinney at that time? How did you show up? I mean, you said you were very young at the time. Where do you think you were at? Do you think you were ready to get married? <laughs> it's very <laughs> interesting that you asked that. So when I met my ex-husband, I was currently experiencing um, grief. I was going through a depression. I was dealing with postpartum depression because I, it was after I had my second child. And ah. I was... Um, with my partner previous to him for eight and a half years, I hadn't known a relationship with anybody else. I didn't know anything else. So I was heavily grieving. So when he expressed interest in me and wanted to help me with, you know, what I was experiencing and with the children and with finances and all these things, because I wasn't in a healthy state, Mm. I viewed all those things as, yes, almost like he was a savior. You know, McKinney, I just feel, 
you know, when we're not at that place of wholeness within ourselves, because I've been there, I've totally been there. We are more susceptible, I'm, I'm sure you would agree, to attracting the wrong person mm-hmm. at those specific vulnerable times in our life. And so it's so uh, important, and you're going to get there in our conversation about how, you know, finding yourself again and getting to that place of wholeness. So let's go back to, you know, here you are, you're now leaving the marriage. How did, was there any support from community um, that helped you through that difficult time? I, thank God, had a lot of support. Experiencing grief alone can keep us in a very dark place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my community kept me from drowning in my sorrows. So I've been blessed and fortunate enough to have a group of friends from um, high school and even some from elementary school that I'm still close with to this day. But those people, when I felt like I was alone or when I was too afraid to ask for help, they saw the change in me. They saw that I wasn't well and they stepped up and not only did they help me with the children mm-hmm. and sometimes come and, you know, spend time with them or take them out to give me some, you know, mental relief, but they would yeah. show up with groceries. They would show up in ways that, especially when you're in a dark place, it made me so emotional. Even when I talk about it now, I get mm-hmm. emotional because wow. the love that they showed me during that time, like I said, it, it kept me from drowning. Um, mm-hmm. But I, even after going through it, a lot of the things that they said to me was, you know, I have always been such a great friend to them that like I would do the same in return. So nurturing our relationships with family and friends is so important. Yes. Grief can come in so many different forms. Grief can come from the loss of a loved one who has passed away. Grief can come from the loss of a relationship ending. It can come from the loss of a job. It can come from so many different things. And like you said, I've experienced so much grief and it seems like every time I come out of healing or being from a, in a, a place of acceptance of grief, I'm faced with another um, situation that I have mm. to grieve. And there's, I can't remember the name of the lady, but there was a woman years ago who was passing away and wanted to write this book on um, the the stages that we go through when we're passing away. And then after she passed, those stages were converted to the five stages of grief and loss. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, very quickly, like one is denial and isolation. Two is anger. Three is bargaining. Four is depression. And five is acceptance. And Mm -hmm. most people don't go through every single one. And we go through the stages differently. But Mm -hmm. I had to learn to come to a place of acceptance with all of the different scenarios of grief that I experienced in order to um, to keep going, <laughs> to be resilient and to strengthen that resilience muscle. And I think what you said there was, was key. I don't know if you've ever heard of the term, McKinney, um, radical acceptance. I haven't. Okay, so no, it's this lady. Her name is Tara. Bratch, Tara Bratch. And she says, until we actually really radically accept whatever it is, then we can move on. What was the first step that you made to start finding yourself again? Hmm. I intentionally started strengthening my relationship with God and myself. 
I mm. intentionally, because I mean, 14 years ago is when my sister introduced me to that congregation and I was going every Sunday religiously until I started also going on Wednesdays. So it's, I was actively present, but I wasn't present, if that makes sense. So there's so many people that are out of routine will show up to church every Sunday in service and they're not mentally or even spiritually present. They're sitting there as empty shells. They're sitting there because that's their routine to be there, because they're expected to be there, because they need to feel like they need to be seen that they're in the building. But they're not paying attention to the word. They're not feeling the spirit. They're not there. So it's like a religious actions, being religious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I, I was there, but I wasn't there. And I had to intentionally strengthen my relationship with God and myself um, to make those first, I guess, steps to finding myself again and intentionally making the time for prayer because before it was, okay, I'll pray when I can, but no, it had to be mm-hmm. very intentional, intentional with my declarations and affirmations. And I got really heavy into personal development, understanding that mm. in building my relationship with God and to be able to have better relationships with other people, I needed to have a better relationship with myself. I needed to understand me. I needed to um, forgive me. I needed to protect me. There were so many things that affected how I interacted with other people so that I could show them the love of God effectively. Mm. Amen. You know, McKinney, there's something I always say, you you know, you could live, if you lose, the only person you can lose yourself in and find yourself at the same time is is God. If you lose yourself in Tyrone, you're going to lose yourself. You ain't going to find yourself. <laughs> if you lose yourself in God, yeah. you will, you will absolutely find yourself because he says he's were made and created in his image and likeness. Penny had to go back to identity. When you lose yourself, you got to find your identity again. Who am I? So she went back to God and that's how she started this journey of finding herself. So you mentioned also in your write-up on your website, your website's beautiful, by the way, McKinney. You mentioned not wanting to be a statistic. What statistic was that? So because I had my first child at 17, I automatically... I guess was labeled with the stigma of teen mom. And when most people think of teen moms, it's never normally, um, you know, positive things that you hear them saying. They basically, you know, their life is over. They're going to be a welfare case. They're going to be all of these different negative narratives. And I didn't want to attach myself to any of that. I wanted to become a valuable member to society. So I worked very hard at not only showing up with excellence, but being, I'm going to say, a positive example of what a teen mom is. I didn't want to be that statistic. So my, I'm going to say my passion to change that stigma um, included doing things like volunteering, giving back, um, helping others, especially other teen moms. You know, I go into facilities with teen moms and I coach them and help them to see that there is a brighter future for them or how they can think outside of just wanting to care for themselves and their newborn to actually being an active member in society and, and doing it for others. Mm. I just 
never wanted to be that negative statistic. I wanted to be all that God called me to do in spite yeah. of. Yeah. It's all about taking, you know, our mess and giving it to God <laughs> and you can make a masterpiece out of it, can't he? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. to that person who might be out there thinking, well, what do I have to share? I don't, I don't have a messy thing. No, you have something. You can talk Everyone about a story. Everybody has a mm-hmm. story. Exactly. McKinney, what do you think, which leads us right into this next question. What do you think um, often keeps a woman? Um, actually, no, it doesn't connect. It's a different question. <laughs> okay. What do you often think um, keeps a woman back from standing up for herself, taking back her power, sort of speak? I would say poor self-image keeps women um, from standing up for themselves. It's, it's the, the way that they see themselves because as people, we have two self-images. We have the one on the outside that we project to the world that they see, how we dress, how we talk, how we look, all of those things. And then we have the one on the inside and how we see ourselves, how we really see ourselves. And that affects our confidence level. It affects the things that we go after in life. It affects what we think we are worthy of having. And I tell all the women that I coach that your spiritual DNA is perfect. God created you that way for a reason. Mm. You are enough. You are enough. You are enough. Take your power back, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind me, McKinney. I'm kind of a little bit. Kind of a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Matt, I know how does the enemy just comes? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And mm-hmm. his desire is to mess up your life from a small child so that you'll be messed up. So your whole life will be messed up. But the devil is a liar. God will step in and change the script. He will do, say, plot twist. He will do it. He will do it. He's done it for McKinney. He's done it for me. And he can do it for you. So how are you now helping women to walk confidently in their stilettos or flats, I might add? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm helping them to build their faith. I'm helping them to build their resilience muscle and to own their story, conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I find that a lot of the women that come to me, married or not, you know, mm-hmm. their their self-image on how they see themselves is low and needs to be reframed, their perspective of how they view themselves. They need to create a healthier image of who they believe that they are. Yeah. Um, there are so many women out here that are afraid because they're so focused on what other people think. Mm-hmm. And if they really studied science, people yeah. really do don't think as much as we think they do. <laughs> you know what? So, <laughs> we can be really self-centered. <laughs> At times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you look, if you listen to what people say or you look at what they're doing, they yeah. are telling you, showing you that they're not thinking. So why do you think that they are mm. taking so much time out of their life to focus mm. on you, you're holding yourself back. You're, you know, giving other people the power. So it's helping women to just take back their power and build that, that resilience muscle to strengthen themselves so they can actually go after the things that they want to in life. That's fantastic. You know, what would you say to a, wom- a woman who may be listening right now, who may be feeling broken down or defeated? I mean, you, you kind of covered it in what you said there, um, mm-hmm. defeated by life circumstances, any additional um, words for that woman 
Um, I would definitely say to them, you are not your circumstance. I think mm -hmm. because our physical being is so programmed to looking at what we see happening or what we see in our life. And we give that so much energy and focus on that. But yeah. you are not your circumstance. If we tap into our spiritual selves, if we tap into our source, we will see and feel and know that we are not our current circumstance. You know, we weren't put here to survive. We were put here to thrive. Amen. So there's a quote in my book that um, I, I believe like the source is unknown, but it's basically saying that only God can turn your mess into a message, your test into a testimony, your trials into triumphs and a victim into victory. Mm. Praise God. I love it. Amen. And her book. Oh, what's the book that you're reading out of there, McKinney? Um, my first book, A Walk in My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace. Perfect. And your next one with all those wonderful quotes? Um, so there's A Walk in My Stilettos, 111 Affirmations to Help You Heal. Affirmations to Heal. Oh, she's got some, some powerful affirmations in there. And awesome. um, I read it. Oh, I do. McKinney has helped mm -hmm. us by coming up with those affirmations. So she's going to tell us how we can um, connect with her and how you can get her, her products and whatnot. But before we get there, McKinney, what is uh, next for you? Is there a love in your life? Are you open to love? <laughs> what is next for McKinney Smith? Wow. I mean, it, it's funny you say that. I started off 2020 with, you know, being blessed to be on all these different publications about, you know, the top 20 women to watch in 2020 and all of these glorious things. And I had things in the works and things planned. And then this pandemic happened. Um, and I am truly one of those people that believe that, you know, everything has its season. And I believe that in this season, God called me to rest and restore. Mm -hmm. And I've taken a pause on many of the things that I had in the works because they involve being in contact with people. They involve live events and they involve, you know, they involve collaborations with other people and things in person. So I'm taking this time to rest and restore and to tap in so I can hear God about what is next. I'm not, you know, panicking or having any kind of anxiety about this current pandemic because I believe that we will get through this. But in terms yes. of what's next for me, I'm, I'm continuing to help women to share their stories. I'm continuing with my podcast, sharing other women's testimonies. And I believe that through all of this, we will build so many more testimonies and so many more um, stories of strength and resilience that all of the new projects that will come from the creativity in this season of rest and restoration will be just a beautiful blessing to everybody. It will definitely. And so you're a gorgeous woman and all the guys are looking at your picture right now and they're wondering, are you single? <laughs> I, I see how you kind of dodge my question. <laughs> oh, okay. And so they're wanting to know, that. is she, is she single, ready and waiting? <sighs> okay. Um, I am currently single. Um, it's been just over six months um, since my recent breakup. And I'm, I, like, like I said before, I feel like I'm in a season of rest and restoration. I feel like there's so many things that I need to heal from. And in this season of healing, I have accepted as part of my grief, 
I attract a certain type of men. And although none of them have ever looked physically the same, like I don't have a, a type that way, but I do believe, and I know that this word is almost becoming part of a pandemic in itself, but I believe mm. I attract narcissists. I believe mm. that part of my heart to love deeply and to be a giver and a nurturer. Mm. And although I feel that I have set boundaries, clearly my boundaries are not enough at this point. So I'm in a season of healing and understanding more, I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah. what type of man I want to attract because you spoke earlier to red flags and I had posted mm -hmm. a meme in my Instagram story joking that, you know, I will make a beautiful necklace out of all the red flags that they give me. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> hey, that's a way to turn your message to the message. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sometimes I may see certain signs, but I am so focused on their positives and so focused on loving on their strengths and helping them to build that, that when yeah. there's a red flag, <clears throat> when there's a red flag, it's almost like I say, okay, but you know, God wants me to love you through this, but yet I'm not keeping up the boundaries uh, for myself mm -hmm. <clears throat> that are healthy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm currently... we're not there. And Kenny, we're not their savior. We're not their savior. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Know. Sometimes Absolutely. Some, you know, sometimes we think we're going to come and we're going to be the woman that's going to make him, you know, this or that, or, and I'll be that woman. No, maybe it ain't for you to do. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I am in a season of healing. So I am single and I truly believe that we cannot attract what we're not in harmony with. So understanding why I attract narcissists and how I can do things differently is where I'm at currently. Amen. And so for any guys out there, please don't hit up McKinney. Uh, send yeah, out don't, inbox don't. messages. <laughs> you need to get to her. You got to come through me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's all good. And God has a master plan <laughs> with your name on it, like I always say. Amen. So thank, thank you, you so much for being so vulnerable and transparent um, with us today. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> Amen. This world, we need it. We don't need any masks. We need mm -hmm. truth. Amen. And mm -hmm. so um, as you continue to inspire and empower women around the world, I pray that um, God will just open up more doors and opportunities for you as well. So uh, McKinney, how can people stay in touch with you and connect with you on your social media platforms and the things that you're doing? Um, awesome. Yes. Yeah, so first, I just truly want to thank you for having me on and allowing to share my wisdom and my life experiences with your audience. I truly appreciate you, Tanika. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, in terms of staying in touch, um, you can Google McKinney Smith or Welcome My Stilettos the website. You can find me at mckinneysmith.com or walkamysletos.com. All the books you can find on all major bookstores online, you know, Amazon, Chapters, all of those. You can find the Walk My Stilettos books if you look under McKinney Smith. Um, and I am on all socials under McKinney Smith and Walk My Stilettos. Awesome. Thank you so much, McKinney, for sharing that. Thank and so, uh, yeah, and McKinney also has a podcast. Hello. I do. <laughs> yes, she does. So go and check her out on her podcast as well, interviewing some other wonderful um, ladies doing great things.
Thank you. So, yeah. So this ends another show where four shows in deep. And I hope that you all are truly being blessed by um, these um, interviews that I've been bringing your way. So if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe right here on SoundCloud. That way you'll be one of the first to receive new shows. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about myself, Tanika Chambers Ministries, you can go to TanikaChambers.com. If you're going through fear, if experiencing fear, anxiety, worry because of this pandemic, I've created a prayer to help push back fear, anxiety, and worry at this time. Just go to my YouTube channel and you'll see it there, push back prayer. Um, it's also on the uh, website, TanikaChambers.com. It's a blog. You can also download the actual prayer. So you have the choice to download it, read it, or hear it um, uh, on the audio on YouTube. All right, everybody. So until next time, remember that God has a master plan with your name on it, and I'll see you next time.